Welcome in, episode 189, What's Right with Nick Wright. Ton to do, sorry for the delay today. We're having slight technical difficulties. The technical difficulties might be continuing as I'm just seeing myself in return. I don't see any of the extra boxes or the animation. Hopefully the folks on YouTube, there we go. Now we're seeing all of it. And I can see Demonze who, you know, is fresh off a nice Celtics win, buddy. It was touch and go there for a minute, but your new look Celtics with Chris Tapps Porzingis, who I listen, I, before you even go, I'm going to go ahead and reveal to the audience. I don't think you're going to be bothered by this. You, you have not watched a ton of Chris Tapps Porzingis in your life because when no. he was like the star prospect and at his apex with the Knicks, you weren't watching a ton of NBA. When you played a lot of basketball, you didn't watch a lot of basketball. And then obviously last year when you were watching a ton of NBA, you weren't watching the Wizards. So you're I've familiar him with him. one time, though. Oh, really? Oh, I've, I didn't I've know that. I've seen him play in person when uh, he played uh, against the Nets last year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we yeah. went to that game. that uh, That's right. And so th th you have some familiarity but it is going to be a maddening experience for you because there are <laughs> nights like last night where you're like, oh, my God, as our third option, this guy's unbelievable. And then there are going to be nights, and that is assuming health, where he's one of the most frustrating right. players in the league to watch. But last year he was good. That actually is not the biggest NBA. Pardon me, I apologize. NBA story of the night. We will get to that. We have a gambling show. Fresh off a winning week for me. Another losing week for Demonze's teasers, which might need to go back to the lab. They might need some serious adjustment. But here's what missed the cut for today's show. The Titans quarterback situation. Malik Willis or Will Levis, not good. LeBron only playing 29 minutes in the Tuesday night loss. That he will play Kevin Durant tonight. For the first time since Christmas of 2018 and the World Series starts Friday, Rangers Diamondbacks, we might get through the entire baseball season without talking baseball. I'm not sure, but it's looking like that, <laughs> at least on this show. Where we have to start, though, is with my large adult Slovenian son against everyone's favorite Frenchman, Demonze, go ahead. Uh, the much-anticipated NBA debut for Wimby happened last night, and he did just about yep. what everybody thought he would. He was in foul trouble for majority of the time. Uh, was a big impact yep. on defense, nonetheless. Uh, was very yep. impactful from perimeter with hitting the three-point shots. Uh, you yep. seem to come around on Wimby. You weren't super high on him before. But are you looking sure. to adopt a new French son, or are you limited to your Slovenian son and Luka Doncic? Anybody yeah, but so your African-American son over here, but, yeah. <laughs> no, well, hold on. That was, what, that, I mean, that was a well done, sir. Uh, I have my large adult Slovenian son, Luka Doncic, will be my only fake child uh, for the time being. I, w so here's the deal. I am not going to overreact to Wimby's debut in a negative way. He got in foul trouble. He had four turnovers, two of which were offensive fouls in like a two-minute stretch, which really kind of threw off his evening because we did see his first summer league game. He played poorly and then was excellent in the rest of the exhibition season. He seemed a little uneasy and in foul trouble, obviously, for those first three quarters, but then he was very impactful late, 
and the Spurs could have stolen that game if not for Luka Doncic doing Luka Doncic things. Luka was sensational. Kyrie had a couple big shots late, but Luka was excellent throughout. So he did, listen, if you bet Wimby unders yesterday, every single one of them hit. His minutes, his points, his rebounds, his blocks, all of the unders came through, and it was because he didn't have a real impact in the first half, and then in the early second half, he got in all that foul trouble, but he had a nice flurry at, in the fourth quarter, a nine-point flurry to get the Spurs right back in the game to take the lead. Here is, I'm going to just go out and give one overarching Winbanyama take that is, I think, going to be the actual story of the first decade of his career. If he becomes a knockdown three-point shooter, he will be the guy that the hype is absolutely real. Not greatest player of all time. I'm not talking about that, but the this guy is going to be a well above average number one overall pick, which if you're an above average number one overall pick, you're a great, great player. If he does not become a knockdown three-point shooter because his shot looks great, but the percentages for his career are not good. It's like right at 30%. It looks like a shot that will be good, and last night it was. If he doesn't, he is going to be an incredibly frustrating offensive player if he doesn't change his style. Because at his size and at his length, he can do devastating damage with the Kevin Garnett offensive game plan of shooting over guys mid-range and kind of short mid-range rolling to the basket. And so I think the plan is... And the initial plan, and I get it, will be just work on that three-point shot because it's li- it's truly unblockable. K- KD's shot gets blocked like four times a year, and he's five inches taller than KD. If he becomes that, he's going to be the guy that everybody says because defensively, he is such a deterrent the way we discussed the other day the way a, a lockdown corner is where guys won't even throw to his side of the field. And so I'm not going to overreact to game one. I did bet Scoot to win rookie of the year. Scoot didn't have a great game one either, but part of that was because I thought that I didn't know how much Wimby would play and how many games he would play. The other thing is the foul trouble will be an adjustment. The rookie last night, sidebar before you go to Monze, the rookie in that game last night that was awesome was Derek Lively for the Mavs, which they they were only able to draft him because they threw away the final week of their season so that pick didn't convey in a trade. They kept the, the pick because it was top 10 protected. They drafted him with the 10th pick. Luka loved him, and Luka was, of course, excellent. And Luka has a chip on his shoulder this year. Luka's got something to prove in that when people say who's the best player in the league, do people say Luka Doncic, Demonte? No. I mean, you might no. say it every once in a while. No, but... no, no. No, I don't think he's the best player in the league. He is no. not even, like, in contention for that. 
That is that is turned into a true two-man race with Giannis and Jokic. And then when you hear people be like, okay, other than Giannis and Jokic, like give me an MVP pick, you're hearing Tatum's name. Tatum, you're hearing right. Devin Booker's name. You like it's not that people think, oh, Luca's no good, but he went from being an a triple A lister to is what happens when you miss the playoffs, where it's Correct. like, eh, you know what I mean? Haven't and seen so, you in a while. <laughs> you haven't seen you in a while. Two months of high leverage basketball, and you weren't involved in it, as opposed to after the season before last, when he carries that ragtag group to the conference finals, and people are like, you know, Luca's the MVP favorite. Like, going into last year, a lot of people, myself included, were saying Luca is the best European in the league. He's better than Jokic. Nobody is saying that now. And so Luka does have something to prove. I will say sneaky to Monte. I was a little concerned about the Mavs from that game. The fact that Wimby, yeah. like the the Spurs outside of Wimby, have the least talent of any team in the league. Wimby was a non-factor for three-plus quarters, and that's a nip-and-tuck game. Like, that's not great for Dallas, but they got the win that was good. There were a few times there it looked and by the way, Luca 33, 13, and 10. Um, there were a few times there it looked like you wanted to say something and I just kept going. So go ahead. Sorry. My apologies. If you wanted to say something about Wimby oh, no, or you, about anything. You kinda you, you kinda time. already covered it by saying that, you know, the Spurs aren't very talented and the Dallas Mavericks are barely hanging around. Um that was gonna yeah. ask if you were still in on uh Luca and, and Kyrie. It's obviously game one. But it seems like they've got some well, work mean, to do there. I've never been in on that pairing. Listen, I don't think that... I just don't think that makes sense. That was a desperate move by a desperate team when they traded for Kyrie, and the bet was we're getting a top 25 talent in the league for pennies on the dollar. So let, it wasn't really pennies. They, I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith's valuable. Like, they gave away some things. Call it dimes on the dollar. And so we'll roll the dice, but I don't, I don't love the fit now. They and relying on a rookie center is incredibly risky. But Lively was good last night. The other big takeaways from last night in the association, if we can just go through it quickly, uh, the, we already mentioned the Celtics. That was an excellent game, the Celtics Knicks game, and that's a good win by Boston when it looked like Jalen Brown maybe had blown it. What's up, Demonte? You look like you're an. Yeah, I, I'm you're, just curious to see how good the Knicks are moving forward because I don't. The it, it it was it was very close throughout, and there were just some stretches where they were doing the same stuff. I saw a lot of turnovers, dumb shots. There was like a sequence where. Uh, I think the the Knicks cut the lead. They had a they were they were down by ten, and they cut that down in like yep. forty five seconds. And it was just off of dumb shots, just a uh, bad decision making. But obviously, it's only game one, and the Knicks might be really good and it's, have a it, good team. Well, I don't, listen, I don't think the Knicks are really good, but I think they are a really good regular season team. So right. I don't think they have, and so I I think got the winning right a hard pieces. fought game, right? They have the right pieces, a coach that's gonna co you know coach them maybe too hard. I think doing all of that <laughs> makes them a tough out in the regular season. So I, the and Madison Square Garden just absolutely on fire for the first game of the year. That's a good yeah, win. I mean, by Boston, Boston was on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, Boston's on the road. It's first game of the year. The Knicks got their full complement. That's a good win. 
The Rockets got 30 bold, 30 bold by the Orlando Magic in Ime Udoka's debut with the Rockets. That's not great at all. Dylan Brooks actually, you know, to lose by 30 in the one game a month that Dylan's going to hit four threes is not great. So I'll just be monitoring the Rockets. The Cavs got a a win over the Nets that was closer than it probably should have been. Ben Simmons, who's, you know, we spent a lot of the offseason Talking about, you know, on first things first, the Benessance, because Wilds thinks Ben Simmons is going to be a real player. He was a customary two of six from the field, four points, no free throw attempts, did rebound and uh, get did have, I think, 10 rebounds, nine assists. The Heat get a sneaky nice win over Detroit. When I say sneaky nice, I mean this. Detroit, Cade Cunningham was the number one pick of the draft a couple years ago. Had a really nice rookie year. Cade's rookie year, he was 17, you know, five and a half and five and a half. And it was like, oh, okay, what's he going to be? He then essentially missed all of last year with a shin injury. So people kind of forgot about him. He was the number one pick of a draft. He last night had 30 points and nine assists. Uh, playing most of the game, or I guess 35, 36 minutes, as the Pistons lose to the Heat. Uh, The Raptors steal one from the Timberwolves. The Bulls lose by 20. Shea is awesome in that game. Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, and the Bulls have the earliest team meeting of any team, or a players-only meeting. They called a players-only meeting after game one. I've never seen such a thing. Uh, The Kings light the damn beam again. The, The Pelicans... Zion, it took him a while to get in the flow, but Zion just got all of his buckets on the inside. He took one shot, Demonze, outside of four feet, and the Pelicans beat the Grizzlies. I'm worried about the Grizzlies, not based on game one, but just based on no jaw for a third of the season, no Steven Adams for the whole year. That's concerning. And then the Clippers annihilate the Trailblazers. Uh, in a, the Blazers are going to be the worst team in the Western Conference. So there's a good little kind of heavy night one of the NBA recap. Uh, anything you want to add there, pal? Yeah, I mean, you're a real for doing that, the little recap. But uh, but no, I mean, I'm excited for the Celtics season. I, I won't lie, the only game that I saw last night was the Celtics game. Um, oh, and, um, listen, how about this? I'm not going to lie to you either. I... I have had an incredibly long week. It's why I said today's show was going to be short, but instead we're still in the first segment. We're 15 minutes in. Uh, I went to bed in mid-second quarter of the Spurs-Mavs game, but then got up early when after I took your sister to the bus stop this morning uh, through the NBA package. You can re-watch the entirety right. of the game like without the commercial breaks. So I re-watched it all this morning. Uh, but I was, I'm not going to act like all those games that I just did. I was, I saw the early group of games on League Pass and then the later games. I, I went to bed early. Oh, be- so go ahead. One thing of note that I did notice throughout yeah. the Celtics game was the flopping thing. Um, there was a call yeah. on, uh, I think it was Drew Holiday. Some somebody got called for flopping. I forget who it was, but yep. Jason Tatum had landed in. I think it was Jalen Brunson's Jalen Brunson's landing space. He fell yep. back. They called the flop on Jalen Brunson. When you went back and you watched the replay, Jason Tatum was clearly in his landing zone. Jalen Brunson fell, and it was just like not only did they get not only did they get penalized, but they didn't get the shots from the foul that that was on them. So- 
Um, oh, so it was just. Oh, so it, maybe it, you're coming around. You made fun of me about I, no, being anti this new flopping rule. You were like, "Oh, the LeBron fan, of course he wants flopping." You are in game one. You are seeing giving the referees more power through discretion usually well, does not end well. Yeah, no, and I think. Yeah, it just sucks. So I mean, but what what I see like happening down the line is like when somebody falls, it's always going to be either a call or a flopping call. I think it's going to be a lot of room for error. Uh, but hey, well, we'll I'm excited we'll see, to man. watch that. That's an interesting storyline. And tonight in the NBA, this is a great a great two screen night because we have only two NBA games, both on TNT. And we have Thursday night football, a good Thursday night football game. So you've got Sixers, Bucks, Sixers first mm. and Bucks first games of the year, and then Suns, Lakers. As I mentioned, LeBron and Durant playing each other for the first time in five years. All right, what's next, Demonte? All right, so the Bills look to bounce back uh, against Baker and the Bucks tonight. Josh Allen took accountability in saying that his recent play is bad, and he thinks he needs to think less and just play football. But doesn't it seem yep. like that's been the problem lately? You know, him thinking less with the mistakes that he makes. Yes, that's so. Let's just let's just stay there. I he then also in his defense was like, or maybe I need to think more. He's in shambles a bit, it would appear. But yeah, I think it's the op. I think the Bills would be six and one right now if Josh Allen just recognized we can win certain games with me being Clark Kent and not Superman. I, they they only lose the Jets game because Josh can't stop turning the ball over. And they lose the Patriots game. In my opinion, I can't prove this, but it's my opinion. When he throws a pick on the first play of the game against a dead-in-the-water Patriots team, it gave them hope and life that now all of a sudden you're in a dogfight the whole game when I felt like the Patriots were ready to roll over. The only game all year that if Josh just played within himself, I think they still would have lost was the Jags game. Because the Jags did like they the Jags were the better team that game. They had been in England for a week and a half. The, the, a lot of stuff. So I just I the I think the Bills are in a really tricky spot tonight. Because if they lose this game, the conversation shifts from is this team going to get over the hump and make the first Super Bowl for the franchise in 30 years? Two, is this team going to miss the playoffs? Because if they lose tonight and fall to 4-4, four and four, here's what they have after. At Cincinnati, a team that rolled them in the playoffs last year and in the DeMar Hamlin game looked like they were the far better team for a quarter. Then home for the Broncos, fine. Then the Jets, who've already beaten them, at the Eagles, at the Chiefs, home for the Cowboys. With still a game in Miami in the final week of the year. If the Bills lose tonight, the Bills missing the postseason becomes a very real point of contention. A very real one. And so it's something that needs to be watched. The Bucks, on the other hand, are just trying to win that crummy a NFC South. And so even if they lose, they're okay because it's the Saints stink and the Falcons don't have a quarterback. Um, by the way, real quick, Dusty from the TV show, our most loyal What's Right viewer, sends this along to us. Drew, Knicks players 
when guarded by Drew Holiday last night. Four of 23. Julius Yo, Randle was, was one like of five 10. five 30 at one point. Well, no, <laughs> but no, I'm talking 15. about Randle. Randle, this is just when guarded by Drew. Julius was one of 10. Jalen was 0 for 4. R.J. Barrett was 1 for 4. The team as a whole was 4 of 23. So Drew Holiday, box score-wise, didn't do much. But as far as impact on the game, being the best perimeter defender in the league, he did. He stepped up huge in their first game. All right, next. Thanks, Dusty. Uh, so the 49ers are in a really sticky situation right now. Um, yep. They're coming off of two straight losses, and Brock Purdy is obviously hurt now. So Sam yep. Darnold's about to suit up again. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't air your Purdy for Cousins take on here, uh, but yeah. the 49ers are serious about winning a Super Bowl. Is it time for them to look for a, another quarterback, or should they stick this Sam Darnold thing out? What should they do? It seems like they're always looking for the fast okay. and cheap option. Okay, so a couple things. First of all, fair is fair, I should note, that we now have real evidence Brock Purdy suffered. Did you see the play, DeMonte? They think Purdy suffered his concussion. Got his on? concussion? I've not seen it. It was their it was the tush push that they tried. He just gets annihilated on the tush push. Somebody came straight at his helmet. And so, yes, I mean it's bad. First so like A, maybe the NFL is gonna ban the tush push for actual health and safety reasons, because no one can do it without getting players maimed but the right. Eagles. But also, listen, I fair is fair. He both of his interceptions, Demonze came after that play. Right. So I, you know, I have been very consistent on what I think of Purdy and yes, his performance at the end of that game confirmed a lot of what I had been saying, but I've got to be I you know, I I've, I've got to with new information you can have new opinions. My overall opinion of him doesn't change, but I give him a little more of a I don't want to say pass, but it's a little more understandable. But, but the concussions are also so weird in this regard. He showed no ill effects after the play as far as like st stumbling anything. At the post-game press conference, he seemed totally fine. And then symptoms on set on the flight home. So, you know, it's a week. I don't understand concussions. I don't know. I don't understand concussion science at all. Um, but... So they are now going to go to Sam Darnold. And my guess is he's going to look a lot like Purdy looks. He's going to be, guys are going to run open. He's going to be fine. And the Niners offense is going to move. Like, and folks will, I do wonder if that then happens. And listen, I, Darnold is worse than Purdy. Darnold is a bad player. So I don't think they'll look as good as they did with Purdy. But I don't think it'll be this massive, massive drop-off. And I do wonder if folks, if Darnold plays a good game and they win, are all of a sudden going to be like, Sam Darnold must be good, or if people might come around slightly to my line of thinking. Now, I did say Purdy for Cousins, who says no, with the argument being Cousins can leave Minnesota this offseason and they get nothing back for him and they don't have a contingency plan or like an heir apparent at quarterback. Right now, their backup quarterback is a fifth-round rookie, Jalen Heron, or I'm sorry, Jaron Hall, a Jalen Heron, I transposed his name, Jaron Hall. So 
having Purdy with a couple years left for free to have a look at him for the rest of this year might be interesting for them. And for the Niners, I think they'd become the Super Bowl favorites because here's the reality of the Kyle Shanahan 49ers. Demonze, 36 times in his coaching career with the Niners, they have trailed in the fourth quarter by eight or more. How many of those games do you think they've won? How many times did they have a legitimate fourth quarter comeback? That is across all the quarterbacks he's had. 36 times they have trailed in the fourth quarter by eight or more. How many of those games have they won? Give it a guess. Uh, Zero. One. Zero. Zero is correct. So when your team is built around the idea of we can work around our quarterback's limitations when that hasn't worked through three quarters and you need to, you know, you need someone to go out there and make plays on their own, they're 0 for 36 and that happening. And I, if people are like, oh, well, Nick, what, you know, games, if they're down four and then a team scores a touchdown late fourth quarter, of course they're not coming back. They're 0 for 26 in games when headed into the fourth quarter. They're down eight or more. So they just can't come back on people. And so they do need an upgrade at that spot. Cousins would do it, but I don't think the Vikings are trading him. Um, All right, let's go on to the Cowboys. All right, Jerry Jones said uh, he's not looking to initiate any trades, but he's open to them. Uh, They obviously need to improve in some areas. Even Micah Parsons, one of his podcasts, say that the Eagles are better than them. Uh, The Eagles already made a trade to kind of patch up their secondary. Somebody is somebody who still has Dallas in the Super Bowl in you. Uh, how aggressive do you think they need to be with trading uh, to make a well, comeback? Well, I would, I would certain the first call I would make would be to Arizona for Hollywood Brown, because Dallas clearly believed they needed a a field stretching speed receiver, and they thought they got it this offseason in Brandon Cooks, but Brandon Cooks has been a zero for them. Hollywood Brown is a pending free agent, so you could probably get him cheaply from Arizona. I would make that call. If that doesn't happen, I would call the Giants. If the Giants lose to the Jets this Sunday and their season is dead, and their season's probably dead anyway, but if they lose this Sunday and it's officially dead, I'd call the Giants and say, hey, the Darren Waller acquisition has not worked out for you. Do you want to get out of that deal? And... For us, uh, I don't because the the Cowboys let Dalton Schultz walk. They missed the tight end. They also let Zeke walk because they're like Tony Pollard can be our featured guy. Do you think maybe Tony tra- Pollard is better? Just real quick, maybe Tony Pollard is, is better with as a change of pace. I would call up the Giants and say, "What's the price on Saquon? What's the price on Saquon?" as a, you know, 10-week rental, and can we do something there? Those are the kind of moves around the edges I would think about. Go ahead. What were you going to ask? Do you think that they would trade within the division? Maybe you want to do that? So, I listen, some teams don't do that. I think that is a dumb philosophy. In fact, I think it's you should go the opposite, which is if you think you're getting the better end of a trade, 
you want it to be within your division because you are then putting you know one of your major counterparts at a disadvantage and the, if the cowboys are like we're going to borrow from the future for today the giants are not trying to trade for they're not trying to plan for the future i'm sorry they're not trying to plan for today they're trying to plan for the future listen the patriots traded drew Bledsoe within the division we saw the vikings trade tj hawkinson within the division we trades within the division can happen uh i understand that people you know that it is unlikely i don't think that should be a big piece of it all right go ahead last one speaking of the trade deadline all right, so the NFL trade deadline is becoming like the NBA a lot and how exciting it is and the big names. Uh, like last year, they had Christian McCaffrey, yep. Bradley Chubb, TJ Hawkinson, Calvin Ridley, Roquan Smith, yeah, big and names. your guy Tony. All those guys were moved. Uh, put on your next Adamas yep. hat and tell us what uh, and fill out these categories with who you think will be buyers, uh, which teams you think will be sellers, and who are the players that you think will be traded uh, throughout this deadline. Okay, so the any team right now that is sitting on two wins or fewer, so that's Green Bay, Tennessee, the Chargers, the Giants, the Bears, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Panthers, should be sellers. Now, the Chargers will not be because everyone's going to get fired there if they don't turn it around. I, I don't think the Packers will be. The Titans obviously already are. I think the Giants should be. The Bears were sellers last year, so maybe they won't be. The Patriots, Broncos, Cardinals, and Panthers, I think, should be. As far as who should be buyers, I here you got to be careful with it in that you want to do it smartly. Philly has done it smartly in the past. The Chiefs have done it smartly. The Niners... Traded a lot for Christian McCaffrey. It has worked out in that he's a great player, but you want to make sure you're not you're not hamstringing yourself, right? So I would think that Baltimore. I brought up Saquon before. Baltimore should call about Saquon. They their running backs are hurt. That team is in a Super Bowl contention mode. They have the equity to do it. I would, if I were them, I would. Baltimore should call about Saquon. Jacksonville should consider calling about Daniil Hunter. He's been awesome for Minnesota. Minnesota's not going anywhere now. Maybe Minnesota because they got that win and they have a soft schedule. They're not going to trade. I would call about Daniil Hunter if I were them. Uh, and then Cleveland should call people and see if maybe just maybe they can include a draft pick and get someone to to get take Deshaun Watson off their hands. But that's probably not going to happen. The, I, I mean, he's probably an untradeable player. If, right. if Cleveland also should call and try to get Jacoby Brissett back. Because at this point, nobody seems to know what's happening with Deshaun Watson other than the fact that that he's injured, his coach doesn't understand it, he doesn't seem to understand it, he was cleared for yesterday or last week's game, they wouldn't put him back in. Jacoby right now is the backup quarterback in Washington. He's better than Sam Howell, but they're not playing him. I think Cleveland should try to bring Jacoby Brissett back and be a real playoff team this year. Um, all right, I feel really good about our bets this week. We've got some action on Thursday Night Football. We've got some action on Sunday night football. 
Demonze is going to try to win a tease for the first time since before Labor Day. We do all that next. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. Put your questions or comments in the chat. We'll get to those. Uh, let's go ahead and just show our picks from last week because we had a couple terrible ones, yet despite that, we had a nice winning week. Jacksonville plus a point and a half at New Orleans. Uh, they went outright and really controlled that entire game. It was close at the end, but it shouldn't have been. Vegas minus three at Chicago was a disastrous, terrible bet. I bet on Brian Hoyer. I, it was it was really terrible. I thought Tyson Bajan would give him the game. Instead, Josh McDaniels kicking field goals down 18. It's just so frustrating. Buffalo minus eight and a half at New England was an even worse bet. They lose outright. But Pittsburgh. Getting points at the Rams, they went out right. Minnesota getting seven at San Francisco, they win outright. So my three underdogs all won outright. Our season record is now a sustainable to a degree, 16 and 19. Just need one, four and one or better week. To be at 500 and as we head into the home stretch, which is just what we would hope to do. So, Domanze, let's go. I said we were going to go fast today, and we did a 40-minute A block. Let's go quick on these, but I feel really good about all five of these picks. Go. First off, you've got Tampa Bay plus 9.5 at Buffalo. That's uh, tonight's game. You don't like it. Tell yeah, me why. I think... I do I do think that the Bills are going to win the game. I think your thought process is roller coaster Josh Allen. He's due to smoke Tampa Bay and show them who the Bills can be for a second. Um but No, uh, that's, I've got that's, Tampa. I have Tampa oh, yeah, you plus do, the points. You you do have yeah, Tampa. That's that's my mistake. That's no, my no, mistake. No. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I have So it's just too many points. It's too many points on a th on a short week on Thursday night football. These Thursday night games are not well played. They're not blowouts, and the the, the uh, primetime games, all of these primetime island games are going under. Which I understand this isn't a total bet, but it, it's uh, that fact that there's not going to be a blowout. The Bills have started so slowly as of late, 
And I just, I do think Buffalo likely wins the game, but the, the Buffalo needs to just have a vanilla game plan, get out of there with a win. I'm getting nine and a half points from a Bucks team that really just doesn't, they don't get blown out like that. And so I, the, the two times this year that they've lost by multiple scores, they've still only allowed 25 and 20 points, meaning, so the Bucks defense this year has allowed 17, 17, 25, 9, 20, and 13. The two times this year they've lost, they, they would have not covered this spread, were against the Lions and against the Eagles when their offense only scored 11 and 6 points, you know, respectively. But the problem there is the Buffalo defense is so banged up that Mac Jones was cooking them up. And so the the Bucks coming off two straight losses kind of gave the game away against Atlanta. This is a big spot for them. I think they can keep it close. Uh, and home teams on Thursday night football are 20 and 32 against the spread over the last three years. Josh Allen in his last five starts after facing the Patriots is yet to cover. I just, it's too many points. Tampa can win outright and they certainly can keep it close. I like Tampa plus the nine and a half. Next. Uh, You got Jacksonville minus two and a half at Pittsburgh. Yeah. So the two of my favorite teams to bet on the Jags and Mike Tomlin and I'm, I understand Mike Tomlin at home getting points is a covering machine. I get that. I still think this line should be closer to Jacksonville minus four. I think this is a three-point Jacksonville win. I think the public refuses to acknowledge that the Jags are a really good team. Flatly. The Jags, in a calendar year, have lost five games. One bad loss to the Texans, a loss to the Lions, and three losses to the Chiefs. Trevor Lawrence over that calendar year has been excellent. They have they have consistently outperformed Vegas's expectations, and they're on extended rest, having played on Thursday. Pittsburgh, another hard-fought victory this past week. Jacksonville, this feels to me... Like a 20 to 17, 21 to 17 Jacksonville win. I think Trevor's going to play well. The Jags get to six and two. I like the Jags minus two and a half. Okay. Um, that one's. What? That one's you fair. don't like it. Uh, you don't like one, it. That one's. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, Tomlin, Tomlin covering and always covering as an underdog is. It is what it is. Yeah, but, listen, uh, Tomlin is an all-time against-the-spread legend as a dog. I still like the Jags here. Next. You got Atlanta minus two and a half at Tennessee. All right, so this is an ugly, terrible game. <laughs> and I understand I'm laying points with Desmond Ritter on the road. I get that. Here is the counterpoint. The Titans are either playing Malik Willis, who is not an NFL player, or Will Levis, who, despite them using a premium draft pick on him this year, Will Levis must have looked so bad at practice that he wasn't even the backup <laughs> Malik Willis was. So no, I have seen Malik Willis play. He's awful. Awful. 
Will Levis somehow is has up to this point has been worse than him, and so I think Will Levis is probably going to start because they don't feel like they can start uh, Malik Willis. Atlanta's defense has sneaky been really good this year. Obviously, their quarterback play has been killing them, and he's been turning the ball over. But Atlanta this year has allowed the following points, 10, uh, 24, 20, 23, 19, 24, 13. That sounds good, but not great. It is great when you include the fact that that team has been, that defense has been consistently put on the field in negative positions thanks to the quarterback play. Tennessee is in a sell-off. The the players in that locker room this week are like, am I getting traded? Am I getting traded? Atlanta, meanwhile, just got their biggest win of the year. Atlanta wins this game on the road in Tennessee. And, uh, yeah, so that that's where we're at on it. Go ahead. Yeah, I remember what you what happened the last time you doubted a backup quarterback. This sounds a lot like Bears That's Raiders. True. No, no, um, no, that is true. All right, go ahead. Oh, you got Indiana plus one versus New Orleans. Yeah, I've it's got the Colts getting a point against New Orleans. So here mm-hmm. are some crazy facts. Derek Carr, the worst quarterback this century against the spread as a favorite. The Colts, the only team in the league to score at least 20 points in every game this year. Jonathan Taylor rounding back into form. The Colts feeling like they had a game stolen from them last week against the Browns thanks to the refs. Gardner Minshew playing well. And the Saints, on the other hand, coming apart at the seams as... Derek Carr screams at everyone. They realize that Dennis Allen is still Dennis Allen. He's 12-19-1 against the spread against teams under 500. I just think New Orleans is worse than the Colts, and I'm getting a point with the home team, so I'm doing that. All right, I am betting on three ugly games. Atlanta, Tennessee, Indy, New Orleans, and then this one. Go ahead. Um, Chicago plus nine at the Chargers. Yeah, this one's just a sketchy bet. Like I don't, that's a sketchy okay. one, man. So I understand that it seems a little um, flip floppy to go from saying Bajent could be Nate Peterman to now betting on him. I understand that part of it, but in what world do the Chargers deserve to be nine point favorites over anyone? And what have the Chargers done to where you're like, yep, they should be a damn near double-digit favorite? Uh, when is the last time? I'm going to look for it. When is the last? The, the char- Yeah, it hasn't been this year. The Chargers, as far as winning by 10-plus, like they did it at the very end of last year against the Rams when the Rams were, you know, on to Baker as the quarterback and that season was over for them and the Chargers were playing for their playoff lives. Like, this is purely a fading Brandon Staley and the Chargers' entire organization bet. It's just too many points for a bad team that, by the way, is not going to have home field advantage. I know I say it every week, but there's Bears fans everywhere. The Bears will have the home field advantage in this game. Uh, The Bears, shockingly, 
are averaging 28 points a game their last four games. Uh, and I just, I the Chargers don't deserve to be nine-point favorites over anybody. They flatly do not deserve it. I'm taking the points. Go ahead. Um. All right. Do you have I, a summary really for have. me there? There's no, a summary I mean, in there. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. so betting road favorites against the two best coaches is home dogs. Tyson Badgett, Gartner Minshew, and Baker Mayfield on a Thursday. That's what you're going That's with? That's how you go 5-0. Oh. That's how you okay. go 5-0, oh, America. Yeah, Tampa plus 9.5, Jacksonville minus 2.5, Atlanta minus 2.5, Indy plus 1, and Chicago plus 9. It, the, the Bills on a short week, should not be 9.5-point favorites. The Chargers, under any circumstances, should not be 9-point favorites. The Jags are going to win by a field goal, the Colts are going to win outright, and Tennessee's going to have four turnovers out of the quarterback position. That's a 5-0 and week, DeMonze. You know what? I hope so. I'm, lo- I'm, I'm locking in the parlay right now. A nice 10-1 to r- right now lock in the— or I'm, yeah, Wait, it's, is it 10-1? to no, that's a four-teamer. That's 25-1. to 1. My bad. 5-0 and a week. We're hitting a 5-0 and a week. Speaking of things that are unlikely to happen, DeMonze winning a teaser. DeMonze, last week I talked you out of a good leg of your teaser, but luckily your teaser was dead immediately thanks to you not believing in Lamar Jackson. Um... And so you ended up, so you have now lost five teasers in a row. You're one and six on the year. So what are you going to do here? Talk to me. We're, we're, we're simplifying things. If you guys want to recap, I had Detroit versus Baltimore plus 13. Yeah, we're, we, let's just, I actually just want to skip straight to the teaser. We're going to get to business. Exactly you, you right. We don't need to recap. All right. We yeah, don't need so to recap. So this week, week eight's teaser is a three-team, eight-and-a-half-point teaser. The old eight and a half point teaser. I didn't even (laughs) know those existed. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So we're teasing Miami down to minus one versus New England. First off, man, I don't think this last week was the revival of the uh, of the Patriots. I think they're going to bring them back down to speed. Miami definitely just—I mean—they don't have a choice but to win that game. Uh, Then you got Minnesota plus plus seven at Green Bay. That's another game that I Mm -hmm. just think Minnesota is going to beat Green Bay. Uh, and then you got yep. the Rams plus 15 at Dallas. And I think the Rams are more than capable of hanging around with the Cowboys. Um, so it was. Right. So yeah. yeah, exactly. I see, so that's I the, see those all are that. Picks. It's minus 110. I'm not going to try to talk you out of anything here. And I'm rooting for you. The leg of it that concerns me a bit is the Rams, only because the Cowboys have shown the ability against teams with weak offensive lines to really turn it into a blowout. If I were going to participate in this 8.5-point teaser, I personally would probably remove the Rams and just put the Chiefs down to a pick against Denver, which seems like a game the Chiefs can't lose, but I'm not going to try to impact you. I give this teaser grade an A for effort because I didn't even know you could do an eight and a half point teaser. I didn't even know that was a thing. I've been gambling my whole life. I've never heard of it. I've heard of six, seven, ten, and the rare 13 point teaser. I didn't know these eight and a half pointers existed. These new the, the online gambling, you Yo, can pr- just pick whatever amount you want, I suppose. They, they let and, you do like any point up to like 14 yeah. in every half digit yeah, in between. 
<laughs> yeah, that's probably a reason for that. All right, what's the offer this week? Uh, the offer this week, uh, the producers are betting against us. So if we fall, if we fail to combine for five of six on our picks, we need to wear costumes on Tuesday's show for Halloween. Uh, no, I turn it down. If we, I turn. I don't even need to know what the end of it is. I'm not wearing costumes. I'm not. I'm. A, I'm damn near forty years old. I'm not wearing costumes. And here's what people don't understand about Wait. the whole, like the whole, like oh, do your live television show in costumes. What happens if there's breaking news of a tragic <laughs> sort? I'm dressed up like Dracula. And I have to be like, in sad news, such and such has passed away. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not doing a live television or YouTube show dressed in character when the the the, the, the upside is so small. Well, you know what? Let him do it. Now, I will tell you this. With all that said, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a hypocrite because. Wilds and I did have an idea last year on Halloween that we were going to tell Brew we were doing costumes and get uh, the reason I had Dracula in my head was we and we were going to do a whole thing where like Brew is a vampire with the fangs and the makeup and everything. But then Wilds and I come out in our regular outfits and we just <laughs> we, that Wilds and I are just dressed in suits and Drew, no, is, Drew is dressed like Dracula. But even that, if that were to happen and there's the breaking news thing I said, then all you just you just Wilds and I handle it and Brew goes and gets changed. <laughs> all right, quick break. Answer your questions in the chat next. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in, Demonze. Let's answer a few of these chat questions uh, before we go. Go ahead from Michael, Michael Pollard. Michael Pollard asks, will Baltimore lose this weekend since they are the it team of the week? No, they're not going to lose Michael Pollard. Well, 
But. Listen, here's the so they are not only are they the it team, they are they are at the Cardinals who are the opposite of the it team. They right. are this is the highest riser and the farthest faller, furthest faller on kind of, you know, I mean, did tiers they really and power fall, rankings though? and such. Well, well, the Cardinals, no, they started the year off people thinking they were the worst team in the league, but then they were competitive the first few weeks. They beat Dallas, but now right. they've kind of, you know, gone into who we thought they were going to be. I, yeah, that's a, that's a stay away game for me. I'm not teasing that game. I'm not betting that game. The, look, every single week, the hot team is lost. Every single week, like I've talked about, Baltimore definitely qualifies this week. The problem is the Chiefs kind of do too. So I the so and they're both eight and a half point road favorites against teams that are dead in the water. All right, next. Casper Gaming uh, says Nick, if Sam Darnold beats the Bengals on Sunday, are we going to see him make his Mahomes Mountain debut? Potentially, yeah. I mean, Mac Jones made the mountain for one good game. Why couldn't Sam Darnold? All right, next. Uh, Muhammad Musa said, on TV you mentioned Anthony Davis for Embiid. Does it concern you that Embiid has never had a playoff run as good as 2020 Anthony Davis or even 2023 Anthony Davis? Well, yeah, of course that concerns you. It's, a, it's the biggest question mark about Embiid's career, but I just – I it, the, it, I do think that AD is not likely to get back to the level we saw him get at his first year with the Lakers – and I do wonder if, you know, Embiid could get the play with LeBron bump that AD got, at least temporarily. And I wonder if the Lakers right now feel like we have the second best team in the West, but what does it matter? Because we can't beat the best team in the West. We cannot beat the Nuggets without a major change. All right, next. Uh, Jay Roaming question. Uh, Jay Roaming has a question. Uh, does Chargers does a Chargers loss on Sunday night result in a midseason firing of Staley? It's not really the Chargers style, but he, I mean, he's got to be getting close, man. He, 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 you play Travis Kelsey twice a year. Your game plan every week is to every time you play him is to not guard him. If you lose to the Bears, he, something's got to change. All right, last one. Uh, Zach Henderson asked, what brand is Nick's sweater from? I don't care if I can't afford it. Great crew neck. Oh, I you can it's scotch and soda. A lot of the stuff I wear is scotch and soda. By the way, if, if anyone from scotch and soda is out there watching, I went to the actual Scott, the original scotch and sodas in Amsterdam when I was there. Love the company, wear a lot of their stuff. Feel like there could be a great little synergy brand thing here. And this, like, like a lot of scotch and soda stuff, this is not that expensive. I, my guess is you can afford it. I mean, I don't know. It was. I, now I'm going to sound like a jerk. I don't. I. I honestly don't know what is and isn't expensive for clothes because I don't buy yeah, my own clothes. My wife does. That one, bud. But no, I mean, I think I. I. I mean, it is expensive adjacent. I think this was probably around a hundred bucks. So like that's an ex- that's an expensive sweatshirt, but it's but you know what it's, it's nice, not like right. uh yeah it's I don't think like it's unaffordable like that. Yeah. for a lot of pe- people you know, what'd you say it's not Mike and Mary or nothing like you know Armani My- Exchange or whatever you want to call it okay well I, I'm Armani not sure what Mike and Mary cheap? is <laughs> no Armani Exchange is the I mean it's cheaper than Armani it's like okay. their you know what I mean? It's like Jordans versus Jordan brand. If yeah, that makes exactly. sense. You know what I no, mean? Like and so it's 
uh, it's still nice stuff. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, scotch and soda. I'm sure you can find it on their website. I think it's from last year because I've worn this on the pod once before. All It'll right, good play show. My teaser good this job, weekend. You'll be able to get that crew oh, yeah. neck. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or or if there was a way to play the opposite of the teaser, maybe be, we could all be rich. But you can't really just fade those. I'm going five and zero. Oh. We're keeping our fingers crossed for Demonze. See you guys on TV today at three.